Tyler Hunt, Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin Athletics. On today's show, we've got uh, some news to get to, and we've got a lot to talk about from the various sports. It was a busy weekend across uh, the Wisconsin athletic landscape. So to start, we'll touch on some recruiting. Of course, this week is a huge week for recruiting, so we'll talk about some updates there. Um, we've got a couple of walk-on commits that Wisconsin picked up. We've also got some news on some big players in the state. Um, including a commitment from one of the original big six from this class. So we'll talk about all that. We've got some other news to talk about. Um, in the back of the show, we'll talk about, of course, another dominating couple of games from Wisconsin Volleyball as they get ready to head back to the Final Four. And then we'll recap the uh, basketball Ohio State trip that uh, did not go so well for the Badgers, but we'll kind of see what we take away from all that. So it should be a fun and full episode uh crossing a couple different sports, and then uh, in our later episode this week, we'll be very football-oriented on the recruiting side with early signing day coming up. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, hopefully the volleyball team can have better luck in Columbus than the basketball team <laughs> had, I'll say that. But um, congratulations to them are definitely in order, and uh, it was nice to see the Packers pick up a W as well last night against the Bears. Yeah, that was that's always great. It was a, a good weekend for uh, Wisconsin volleyball. Um, just we'll, we'll talk about it, but really just the dominating, um, you know, both games. Just this team looks like they're on a mission, and hopefully, like you mentioned, that's a, a great point. Hopefully, they do a little bit better in Columbus than what the Wisconsin basketball had. All right, well, why don't we start with the news side of things? We'll start on the recruiting front. Um, Billy Stroud, one of the big players in this class, Wisconsin, of course. Um, very much on his radar, was a, a big player in the state out of uh, uh, Fond du Lac, or St. Mary Springs, and um, and very much in the mix for the Badgers. The Badgers, you know, one of the top targets on there, ends up committing to Notre Dame. I guess we had had him on early in his career recruitment, and it, it sounded he was very much interested in Notre Dame, so not all that surprising. I guess, I don't know about you, but I always kind of felt like the Badgers were maybe a little behind in, in making a push to get him, and Notre Dame seemed to be the leader, um, but he did announce his commitment there. How big of an impact is that to this Wisconsin football class? Yeah, I mean, I, I think his recruitment's really kind of waxed and waned in Wisconsin's favor, Notre Dame's favor, back and forth here, uh, according to most outlets. But, I mean, you look at this, it's it's one of those where it's not killer. He wasn't a kid who grew up, you know, firmly a Wisconsin Fan, fan, uh, fans. So it's not a huge loss in, in that regard, but it is something uh, a bit alarming. It's not always great to lose some of your top talent out of the state. This is a guy that you know ideally Wisconsin would have been able to close on. Um, he's a really talented guy. He could play offensive line, defensive line, give you some versatility because of that. Um, and and so it's a big loss, no doubt about that. But I, I still think it's not sky is falling all of a sudden just because they lost an in-state recruit, um, and uh, Wisconsin will have 
further battles. You need to hope that you can land a guy like Carson Hinsman now, another interior offensive lineman from within the state that the Badgers are battling with Ohio State. Uh, you lose him, a guy who grew up, you know, a very much a Wisconsin fan. Um, that's a bigger deal, at least in my eyes, um, because there's there's not the private school angle that he's looking for like there was with Billy Strauss and some some family aspects there going on. So hopefully Wisconsin can can make go one of two for for those two interior offensive linemen because I do think that Wisconsin has plenty of room for interior offensive linemen that they need. They they um they have a lot of six foot six guys playing guard and center, which isn't necessarily what you normally see. Um Hinsman's the number one center in the nation according to rivals. He would be a big get. He's still out there. We'll see when he makes a decision. But I know Drew put out an article that they, the recruiting department has a lot of things they need to do. I totally agree that Wisconsin needs to do some things in and really firm up that recruiting department. But I just I don't necessarily think that this is um, the tip of the iceberg and that things are really going to all of a sudden fall apart for Wisconsin sports because they lost a four-star kid who had his pick of the litter across the country. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's a situation where, like I said uh, earlier, it just it never it never really felt like Wisconsin was you know a clear cut choice for them, and they were in it um, to the end. But it always kind of felt, at least for me, that Notre Dame was going to be the school that won out in his situation. And you know, there's nothing wrong with a player that you know if, if that felt like where the spot he wanted to go. I know part of it was. You know, that uh, Marcus Freeman, now the head coach there, that seemed to be an influence on him a little bit versus um, I know there was you know, quotes going out there that they did, he didn't necessarily like the, the former coach, of course, being Brian Kelly. Um, so that certainly had a ripple effect in, in terms of him leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU and all of a sudden maybe, um, you know, allows Notre Dame to pick up some recruits there. So it was an interesting recruitment to keep an eye on. It's not one that's surprising, and I agree with you. I, I Like Drew's article said, I think the recruiting department needs to have a bigger focus, but I don't necessarily sit here and think that a player like him that ended up um, in Notre Dame in that situation means that the sky is falling. I think both can be true. You want the improvement to be there, but this is also a kid that was very highly talented and very highly touted and um, you know, ended up making a decision that he, he felt was most comfortable, and uh, we'll see how it pans out for him at Notre Dame. But you know, like you mentioned with Hinsman, that's probably a bigger deal with some of these other in-state guys. Um, you're not going to land all of them as much as you'd like to, and there were certain situations where a lot of these guys are super talented and there's a lot of big schools in the mix there. So not all that surprising, and certainly a player that you wanted, but I don't think it's going to be the, the end-all, be-all of Wisconsin recruiting that they didn't pick up a player like him. I think kind of jumping off of that, focusing back on in-state recruitment, um, Isaac Ham, in-state kid out of some prairie right down the road, took his official visit similar to Shroff back in, in June and July. Um, he, he has set a commitment date for the night of signing day. I think that early signing day here in two days, so I think that's a really good sign for the Badgers. He's a player that Wisconsin's kind of – been the focal point of his recruitment. I remember we had him on, I mean, two years ago um, mm-hmm. to, to talk about his recruitment similar to, to Billy. But um, I think Wisconsin's always been the choice for him. There's been some other aspects. Hopefully that's still the, the case. I know Louisville, um, Ohio State, Penn State, um, and some others are, are others he's considering, Michigan State as well. But but I think Wisconsin's got a good shot of, of bringing him in, and I think that that would um, – give this class a nice shot in the arm just because he is a very, very talented player. 
um, in the in the class, one of the top defensive linemen in, in um, the Midwest. He he won the the state award for the best defensive lineman in the state. So hopefully he's a guy that ends up in this class, and he offers a lot of versatility based off of his his length and athletic um, prowess. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy to, to certainly keep an eye on. I mean, it seems like it's been Wisconsin this entire time, but until you get that, you know, official commitment, that's always something that there's other schools in the mix that you want to keep an eye on. But a guy, you know, right there in Sun Prairie, it'd be one that would, would certainly hurt to lose uh, in a situation like that when you've already talked about, you know, one of, you know, the, this coveted, you know, big six at the time that uh, was the in-state talent there. And of course, um, you know, Wisconsin in the mix for all of them to at least land, you know, a player like him, Carson Hinsman, of course, Joe Brunner, that would be a big get. And then, of course, Braylon Allen was originally part of that group. So it wouldn't be, um, you know, it wouldn't be the end-all, be-all with, with a guy like Strauss, but a guy like Hinsman and, like you mentioned, Isaac Ham, those are the guys that you really want to, to keep, you know, the, the guys that grew up Badger fans that are, are very much entrenched in what Wisconsin football wants to do. Um, he's a player that you, you certainly don't want to miss out on, especially at the position that he's at. Your defensive line isn't necessarily a place that Wisconsin – um, historically has had a ton of big recruits come out of those positions or, you know, done super well on the recruiting trail uh, on that position front. You know, interior offensive linemen and offensive linemen in general, in-state guys, Wisconsin generally does really well in that department. But if you if you got a guy on the defensive line that's an in-state, you know, right-in-your-backyard player, that's certainly one that you want to keep. So that's going to be an interesting commit date uh, to keep an eye on because he's been a player, like you mentioned, we had him on a couple of years ago. He's been on Wisconsin's radar forever. It seems like Wisconsin, so hopefully they can uh, nail that one down because that would be, a, like you mentioned, a, a big shot in the arm uh, for this class to, to really boost um, the numbers there. For sure. All right, we've got some more uh, commits on that front, on the walk-on front. First, we'll start with Zach Loudman out of River Valley High School. Um, kind of a versatile athlete, linebacker, fullback. Could end up a couple different positions depending on you know the, the height and weight that he ends up with and he gets to uh, Madison. But another good in-state pickup uh, in that walk-on department. What did you make of, of him announcing his commitment to Wisconsin? I think you're just getting a really good athlete. Um, just try to mold him into something. He, he had offers from South Dakota, South Dakota State, North Dakota, um, which, all right, I mean, North Dakota State, that's that's usually a good indication. A lot of times um, some of the top players that are on that fringe scholarship-worthy level end up going to those um, Dakota schools. But at the same time, this is a guy that they were able to, to reel in over that. Um, the in-state walk-on program is, is really bringing in some talented players this year. Um, you look at what he did at the WFCA Combine, uh, four, four, five, six, forty, really thirty-six inch vertical. Like so, this is a kid who's who's got some athletic traits. He's got good size at six two, two ten. Probably a little bit bigger now after football season's done, and and won conference player of the year awards for for his uh, division. So you're looking at a good athlete. Hopefully. Um, he translates, whether it be at a fullback, whether it be at linebacker. But I, I think you, you look at what Wisconsin's doing a little tighter on some of their scholarship numbers, um, not bringing in a lot of linebackers scholarship-wise, but instead trying to really um, bring in a bunch of guys um, that from the walk-on program and see if one of them hits and turns into one of those gems that helps, that helps you out and really adds some depth to that, that group after they've really taken so many different linebackers the past three cycles. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's he's certainly a versatile player that you you like to see. In-state kids that walk on, we talk about all the time that do really well. Um, but he's he's a guy that could certainly 
end up at a couple different positions and, and then really help Philly out depth-wise. So uh, I'm interested to see where he ends up. But overall, I think it's a really good pickup for Wisconsin um, to get that type of talent, that versatile talent that does so well there that you can move him around to a couple different spots and hopefully find a position that he's uh, comfortable with and, and thrives in the future. All right, the other walk-on that Wisconsin landed, it was 2022 three-star linebacker Austin Hartnow, as I believe how you pronounce it. That's a tough last name. Um, but another preferred walk-on out of Seattle, which isn't necessarily a position or an area that Wisconsin has, has recruited very well in the past. Uh, it was kind of an interesting story to see how he ended up um, committing to UW. But, again, a versatile athlete that, you know, likely translate to the linebacker spot, but he's got some speed. He's got some size. I think he could be a really good fit for the Badgers. So what did you make of uh, his commitment to UW? Yeah, he's a kid that I actually had the chance to talk to back when Wisconsin um, gave him the, the walk-on opportunity. 6'3", 230, runs well in that 4'6 range. He's being recruited as an outside linebacker by Bobby April. And like you mentioned, really cool story about how he even got on Wisconsin's radar. Um from the from Seattle area, so that's not necessarily a you know a region Wisconsin hits hard, but at the same time he he sent Bobby April um, multiple emails initiating the contact, um, sent him film. From there, their relationship built, and um, Harnito actually picked Wisconsin over some some pretty good offers. When you look at what he had, he had a bunch of um, the service academies, Army, Air Force uh, opportunities as well in. Um, the Ivy Leagues, but then he also had an in-state Washington State offer, which um, looking at that, that's a good Power 5 school that's within the state. He's opting to pass that over and come to Wisconsin um, halfway across the country um, and, and trust in himself. I mean, this is the school that he really wanted. He he loves Bobby April, trusts him, loves the development that he's put together there. Uh, he plays a little tight end for his school as well. So once again, a little versatility that if, if you know, he's a little bit in a log jam, you could maybe have end up at fullback. I mean, that's really what Wisconsin does with a lot of walk-ons. It's, it's either that's that linebacker or, uh, or they pop and turn into a, a big-time player, or you put them at fullback and give yourself some help there. So I think you look at it, anytime you can get a three-star as a walk-on, this is very similar to what happened with John Torchio, a guy who turned up, turned a down scholarship from a Pac-12 school closer to home to end up with Wisconsin. Torchio had a family connection that led him to Wisconsin, but the fact that Harnito went ahead and, and uh, started that relationship was really cool, and, and it tells you just how much he wants to be a Badger. Yeah, I think that was an awesome story to hear from because generally it's, it's kind of the opposite where all of a sudden coaches are reaching out to you, but kudos to him for starting that dialogue and ending up a Badger. That's not a story you'll hear. You know, As we talk a lot of recruiting this week, that's kind of a, a rare exception, but a very cool finish. Uh, for him, and it's like you mentioned, it's clear that he wants to be in Wisconsin, and hopefully that can really um, you know, pay off for him when he gets here because he's got he's got all the raw talent. He certainly seems like he's got the drive, and it seems like he could be a really good player. I, I think, like you mentioned, getting a three-star linebacker out of a place where you know he could have went and played other places, you know, not necessarily familiar with this area, and and not a place that Wisconsin generally recruits. Um, heavily, that's a, a really big get. So I'm excited to see the the projector or the career trajectory of a guy like him because it's clear that he seems very hungry to to get to Wisconsin, get to Madison, and, and make a name for himself. For sure. Up next in our news segment, we've got uh, Kalen Gervin, um, the of course former 
Uh, transfer portal player out of Michigan State was you know, announced that he was going to come to Wisconsin. Has now changed his mind. He's going to Kansas, which is of course a tough blow for the Badgers. Um, a player that they were of course interested in in that transfer portal ends up as a Jayhawk instead. What did you make of of that story, and how big of an impact is that to the Badgers? I'm guessing there's more to the story that we don't know. Um, he committed to the Badgers back in Oct- late October when shortly, or I should say quickly after he had announced his intention to transfer. Um, it, there's a lot of different things that could go into this, whether it be playing time, whether it be the fact that maybe Wisconsin has a couple other cornerbacks choosing to come back. I know Fan Hicks is a guy specifically who has an extra year available to him if he chooses to come back. Uh, but additionally, it could in- involve academics, like not getting into school, all sorts of things. Um, or he just chose Kansas. Um, and best of luck to him. Uh, I know he's going to get some great coaching there. Uh, Lance Leipold, as well as Brian Borland, who I have a family connection with, um, great coaches. So I-, I think he's in a good spot. But you do wish that he was playing for the Badgers. And, and hopefully uh, this was just a-, a matter of something fell apart. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the Badgers getting picked over by Kansas because I don't think that is what you want um, because Kansas is kind of really a downtrodden program that's trying to, to get back on the right track, but it's been a while since they've seen some, some real progress there in uh, Kansas. But overall, it's a tough blow, especially when you pair that with the um, Billy Shrouth news on the same day, but but uh, hopefully Wisconsin can backfill that with other transfers because I do think that way that uh, their scholarship numbers are playing out, there's going to be plenty of players that they're going to have the opportunity to go after given the, their scholarship numbers. Yeah, I think it was maybe a, a tough blow when you mentioned the Billy Charles news and both of those happening on the same day. It's you know It was back-to-back kind of body blows for Wisconsin. Big picture, you know, it, like you mentioned, it very well could be a player that maybe is coming back and, and a guy like Hicks and maybe there's not as many snaps open there. Maybe he, he just went to Kansas and, and felt like it was a, a good fit for him. Regardless of the situation, it's it's certainly a tough blow because he is a very talented player, a guy that I think if he would have stayed at Wisconsin and, and stayed committed there, that he could have certainly saw the field and, and been an impactful player. There's no doubt he'll go over to Kansas and likely you know have that same impact. But it's not, again, not the end of the world. You know, there's there's likely other reasons. Maybe it is because a, a guy like Hicks is coming back. But overall, it's not the sky is falling that it seemed to be on Twitter. Um, when both of those news kind of came out, um, you know, shortly after one another, it seemed like uh, things for Wisconsin football and the fan base and in the Twitter sphere were very downtrodden. But I think everything's going to be okay. It's, it's yes, optics-wise, losing a player, a high-caliber player, to Kansas, like you mentioned, a tough program that that's been trying to build back to something they did, you know, have a better year this year in their building, but they're not uh, anywhere near that Wisconsin level. So it, on the surface, it's certainly a blow optically that you look at and go, man, how did Wisconsin lose out on a player uh, to Kansas? But in the same sense, you know, that's it's not the the end of the world that uh, I think a lot of people were making it out to be. Yeah, it's also hard to transfer into Wisconsin depending upon the school you're at. So yeah. We'll, We'll see as more news comes out about the rationale behind his decision. Um, he has no reason to say anything other than he wanted to go to Kansas all along, but um, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think Wisconsin will be fine either way. And Wisconsin is – I do think that they're going to be active in the portal given some of their needs uh, across the board. And cornerback is one of them that I could see them continuing to go after other players. But, but I also think that if you give – 
if a guy like Hicks decides to come back, you're in a pretty good situation. Absolutely. All right, their next piece of news, kind of a tough one. Um, it's a big surprise for Wisconsin fans, unfortunately, for Colin Wilder, of course, a big part of the team this year. He announced uh, just earlier, right before hopping on to record, that he will miss the bowl game due to an injury. Uh, put out a very nice video um, that is, you know, announcing that his career was, you know, kind of over Wisconsin, but he's going to hopefully bring the energy to the bowl game regardless. So a tough blow for a guy that's really came into Wisconsin and, and gave it its all. But what did you make of that, and, and how big of a blow was that for the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely hard to see because, I mean, he is, he's been a guy that's really um, taken on a leadership role for this team. You, you look at the, the grit factory hat, um, everything that he's brought, he embodies a lot of what Wisconsin's all about. He, you know, made the decision to walk on after tearing his ACL at Houston. Really good story. Ended up playing um, a six-season going into Wisconsin here. And so you got to feel good for what he was able to accomplish over the course of his career. But it is really tough just to mm-hmm. see the way his his career has ended now. I, I think he's the guy that if, if you could find a role on this team, similar to what they did with Chris Orr and and Jack Stitchy, where, hey, if you can get him in your locker room, he's a, he's a guy that you'd want um, working with young people. He's really smart um, and, and a good leader. Uh, he's had some He's, he tells you what what is on his mind and, and doesn't sugarcoat it, which I appreciate. But um, to, to miss out on the Minnesota game because of that stupid targeting penalty and then also have this, that's that's tough. Um, and you don't want to see that for anybody, let alone one of your senior leaders. So hopefully it will be all right. I think this opens up other opportunities for some guys, for some younger guys to maybe see the field. But at the same time, it's you don't want to see it at uh, – um, because of another player's injury, especially with Wilder. Yeah, he, he was a guy that came in and you know, very quickly in his career gave a, a lot to UW and, and was a really good leader. So it's it's a tough blow. I mean, anytime a guy's season ends before they want it to, you know, you always want it to end on the you know in that bowl game or in that final game, you know, on your own terms, not because of an injury or you know to add insult to that injury that uh, that targeting call that was was certainly questionable for his career Wisconsin to essentially end there is is certainly a tough one to swallow uh, but knowing you know that what he's brought to Wisconsin and, and what he's done he, he's got a very good head on his shoulders and will will certainly bring the juice and, and bring that grit factory and that leadership to Wisconsin in some sort of other way I, I know it's a tough blow for him and you always hate to see those situations happen but uh, kudos to him on a, a great career with the Badgers and uh, hopefully he goes on to um, whatever he does, I'm sure he'll be a, a very valuable piece to, to someone because he's been a player that uh, from the jump of coming and announcing to Wisconsin to, to playing a little bit to all of a sudden being a, a true leader uh, on and off the field has it, been a, really a joy to watch in, in the short time he's been here. All right, that wraps up kind of the football news. So now we'll go ahead and we'll switch gears and talk about some volleyball and then we'll talk about some basketball. Uh, Wisconsin Volleyball headed back to the Final Four, uh, knocked off UCLA and Minnesota this past weekend in in Madison at the Fieldhouse. It was a, a ruckus environment uh, for, for both of those games, and they'll be heading to Columbus to take on top-ranked Louisville in the Final Four. So back there once again, um, but focusing in on the, the past two games, UCLA and Minnesota sweeps both teams. Really just dominating efforts from the Badgers. This team is just throughout the NCAA tournament has been on a warpath. Um, just you know, just domination through all these games. So what did you make of that and, and how fun of a weekend was it to watch a Wisconsin volleyball get back to the Final Four? 
been incredibly impressive to see what they've been able to do this year, especially here in the tournament, going ahead and, and winning the region the way that they did in dominant fashion, winning winning everything, uh, not dropping a single set. I, I think you look at the way that um, they're playing and you have to hope that they can keep it going against a really good Louisville team. But um, that's so far there's been nothing to make you think that they can't and hopefully they can do it because um, I think they're on a magical run and, and now it's about just finishing it off because they're doing everything right. It's, it's just it now is when it really matters, especially um, based off of how senior laden this team is and how much their goals are aligned to winning a national title. Yeah, it was. It's really just been a, a dominating run that was, was so fun to. I mean, the the first two rounds, Colgate and Florida Gulf Coast, you know, it was so just ran through there. But for them to to come out and against UCLA and you know your instant your your big rival in the conference, you know Minnesota, to head to the Final Four, you would have expected, you know, not that Minnesota didn't give a, a good fight. They were just sometimes it just looked like they were overmatched by Wisconsin. But uh, for to come out for them to win and, and dominate in, in three sets there is really been impressive. Um, this team, you know, it, it's clear that they're focused, and now they'll go uh, to Columbus where hopefully they can have better success, like we mentioned at the top. But they're going to get a really good Louisville team, of course, the top-ranked team in the tournament. Um, so I think that um, that matchup is going to be fascinating, fun to watch. But as, as good as they've been, as good as Louisville's been, it, it should be two powerful forces really meeting. But you still have to feel the way Wisconsin's playing right now, it's going to be hard to sit here and say that you don't feel confident about that. So. Hopefully they can get to Columbus and, um, and and win that first game and then you'll get to that national championship game and get over that hump uh, once again. But regardless, uh, to making another trip to the Final Four has just been an incredibly um, impressive run these last few years. And uh, all everyone on that team and on that staff uh, deserves a ton of credit, and hopefully they can uh, get over that final hump that I know they've all been working for and, and putting in that work for years. Absolutely. Regardless of how it finishes, this has been another – Tremendous season and obviously a success so far. Getting to a Final Four, Kelly Sheffield has that program humming. Absolutely. And volleyball school, I know that's been the, the term that's been thrown out quite a bit um, over the last few days, and it's true. Volleyball and, and, and women's hockey school, the way they've been dominating uh, as well, it's been a, a ton of fun to watch, and I, I cannot wait to see what they do in Columbus against the Louisville Cardinals. All right, we'll go now into some basketball talk. It's been a... Uh, good start early in the season for Wisconsin, but unfortunately took uh, some lumps this past weekend against Ohio State, um, a game that really was was kind of the Johnny Davis and Brad Davison show, and they were kind of looking for someone else to get going and never really could. A sloppy game overall from Wisconsin. Some positives, I guess, but mostly just a lot of uh, struggles. But, again, we, we talked about it. Early in the season, this team kind of got out to a really hot start, and you expected a game like this to happen eventually, and it did against Ohio State. So what did you uh, take from that basketball game this past weekend? There wasn't a whole lot to take from it. This was just a good Ohio State team mm-hmm. that Wisconsin ran into, and Wisconsin couldn't shoot the ball. Like, it's just it's going to happen from time to time. This isn't an amazing shooting team. That hasn't been the case all year long for Wisconsin. Uh, I think they obviously would have loved to shot the better or the ball better from three specifically. Uh, second half, they shot under 30% from the floor, uh, 15% from three. That's not going to get it done, especially on the road against a tough team. But there's going to be games like this, 
in the Big Ten. There's really good teams. Uh, Wisconsin, Johnny Davis, I thought, put it right, that Wisconsin needed more from their front court. The back court, for the most part, did what they needed to do. Um, you know, Chucky Hepburn still kind of erratic with, with his three-point shot um, and, and didn't add a, a bunch in terms of assists or anything like that. But but you look at it, and the story is still that they need Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, any one of those guys to step up in a game like this. Uh, Wall had three points on one of seven shooting. Stephen Crowell, uh, zero points on 0 of three shooting. So you need some offensive firepower from your front court. I know Vogt gave him some good minutes off the bench, seven points, uh, two rebounds, but he was also in foul trouble throughout, had some good blocks. Um, but he still he is what he is. He gives you some good minutes, but he's not supposed to be um, somebody that you need to turn to. Uh, but I think looking at it, Wisconsin, you had another still a couple guys out. Carter Gilmore also out um, for this game. But but it really just comes down to they couldn't make the stops on defense that they had been. Uh, it wasn't as good of a defensive effort, and Wisconsin wasn't able to make some shots. That early run that they had where they turned Ohio State over and were able to jump out to a lead was, was great. That was a good sign. But from there, they just didn't do enough offensively. Johnny Davis had to do just a little bit of everything. Um, and really, you look at it at the end of the game, he was the one playing the hardest still, even though he had played all thir- uh, 38 of the 40 minutes. So I, I think there's a lot of growth this team's going to go through. But at the same time, this isn't one where I'm going to freak out about because if you go went into this past week thinking, okay, if they could split that in Indiana, uh, you're in good shape, especially when with uh, how talented Ohio State is and, and what they have in terms of talent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think as long as I know maybe people got really excited and eager from what this team did early on the season, and rightfully so, but I, I think the realistic Badger fan out there expected eventually that these some of these games were going to happen, and when you have maybe just you're going to go in, and, and I think Drew has put it best with uh, the way he kind of tempers his expectations for this team is to, yeah, you know, you in the past, you, you maybe would get upset over, you know, Wisconsin struggling to shoot the ball, but this team is just one that you've got to, you're going to be excited when they do well, and when they when they have these negative games, I, I guess for me, I'm, I'm not so negative about it. It just kind of happens. Um, they couldn't buy a bucket a lot of that time. That's kind of been a storyline for this team all year. They struggled to shoot the ball, but they also went on the road in the Big Ten, and it's going to be a tough um, you know, those type of spots are going to be tough games to win. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Ohio State is a very talented basketball team. Um, Wisconsin just kind of ran into a buzzsaw where they weren't playing well. Ohio State was playing pretty well. And at the end of the day, and when, when, when the shots aren't falling, those are the type of games you're going to get. So now you, you, you split those early Big Ten games, which is great. Now you've got some time. You can come back. You've got a few opponents here that you might be able to get right. Um, you'll be able to hopefully get, get knock out some of those shooting woes, get some guys some minutes, and, and get some things back on track. So overall, this early gauntlet that was a lot of tough teams, to see where this team is at right now is, I think, all positives. There's certainly things that you'll, you'll take from a bad game against Ohio State, but so far the start has been really good, and they'll be able to hopefully build on some things with some – I don't want to say lesser opponents, so but some teams that you should be able to beat up on and and pick up some some quality minutes and, and hopefully knock down some uh, some struggles. It should be lesser opponents based off of what what they are coming in with. Although I will say, Nichols State is a team that is projected to win their conference and make the NCAA tournament. Um, but we'll see. But Wisconsin, you you look at it in in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, they're they're sitting at a six seed, which 
going into this season, I think if, if most people would have seen that, they would have been ecstatic. And nothing has changed. Just because they lost a tough game in the Big Ten doesn't change anything. You've seen Purdue lose, uh, who has been a top five team team for most of the year, lose two games in the past two weeks. So it, these games are going to happen. Wisconsin's going to be fine. I still think that they have room for improvement, as everybody can see. But as long as the defensive effort is there, this team can get by some of their shooting woes. But they're still going to have to get some more production from their front court eventually here. Um, and, and, and hopefully that can happen and they can build that against Nichols State, Morgan State, and Illinois State um, before the, the new year pops up and they're starting to get back in to Big Ten play, just, uh, kicking off with Purdue again. Yeah, I think these next few games will be will be certainly important to watch for and, and see what this team could do. Hopefully work some guys in, like you mentioned, get rid of some of those shooting woes and, and clean up some things that they, they've certainly been negative. This team has by no means been anywhere close to perfect, but they've been um, very good, and there's things that you can, you know, of course, take away that they'll improve on, and, and they know that as well. I, I'm sure guys like Tyler Wall and, and Stephen Corral know that they've got to be better. It can't be just the Johnny Davis show and, and the Brad Davison show. Um, so those guys will, will certainly take a look in the mirror and, and then likely come out and be better because that's what they'll need. I don't think there was any like glaring takeaway. You've got to make shots. You've got to get more production from other guys on the court. So um, it's going to be fun to, to see what this team can do over the next three games, and then we'll see how they come out against a team like Purdue once they get back into Big Ten play because, uh, like you mentioned, with Rutgers knocking off Purdue, it's going to be hard to win games on the road in the Big Ten. So this loss, while, yeah, you want to win every game and you want to play better, and and that one was a tough one to watch at times, it's also it's it's a tough league. It's been that way for years, and it's really tough to win on the road, and, and that really shouldn't – deter you from taking some positives from the season uh, so far. Yeah, I mean, jumping back to Lenardi's bracketology, looking at it, Wisconsin through 10 games is 8-2. and two. They've played six teams who are right now projected into the NCAA tournament field. Um, they've lost only two of those games, and one of them, obviously Ohio State. The other loss was when you didn't have your best player, like for sure, your best player. Um, and I think Wisconsin wins that Providence game handily if they have Johnny mm-hmm. Davis. So you look at this, and Wisconsin's in great shape. They just need to continue to take care of business. And I really do. I think these three games coming up are going to be um, a, a nice opportunity for Wisconsin to try to get some of their, their bench going, try to get some guys uh, into the rotation, and some of the front court players, you know, that nice net crack to, to try to get them going um, before Big Ten play goes. Yeah, absolutely. These will be some important games to, to work some guys in, hopefully get some lead, because like you mentioned, they played a, a, a tough schedule early on. You played quality teams, and I think that will help this team as they move forward. So certainly a good start, things to get, that they can build on, but overall uh, a positive start to the season and just a, a tough loss, a bump in the road, um, and that trip to Ohio State. All right, I think that wraps Anything else you want to touch on? Otherwise, we'll, we'll wrap this one up a little bit early because I think our episode later in the week will be uh, probably a little bit longer with a lot of focus in on the Wisconsin football recruiting side. Yeah, check us out um, later on this week, the second episode. We'll have Alan True coming on. He's been joining us uh, the past two or three years now um, to break down Wisconsin's recruiting class. We're hoping to have a lot of fun because, obviously, recruiting is the lifeblood of the program. It's all about um, talking about that, getting everything going, because Wisconsin's going to have a bowl game here coming up as well, and we want to get all the recruiting out of the way before we focus to, on the Las Vegas Bowl, and hopefully we've got 
plenty of other good stuff to talk about um, with basketball and and uh, volleyball coming up here this week, a big week as well. Yeah, it's a big week for Wisconsin Athletics once again with everything kind of going on with the three different sports really um, you know, in, in big parts of their season. So our episode later this week will be a lot of Wisconsin uh, football recruiting focused in on that because it's a huge day. Um, make sure to check us out over um, on the website as well as we'll have player profiles and recruiting profiles up for each player, and we'll keep you guys up to date on all things happening from uh, early signing day and, of course, any big news or um, commitments that uh, we, we don't already see or don't already have in place uh, will be covered on the site and, of course, covered on the podcast. All right, guys, thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week on Wisconsin. Thank you.